blur going on. Like, what's going on with your background? But no, it's um, okay. It's a creepy room. Yeah, if that was okay. my real office, I'd be a little, little, little freaked out. Well, hey, man, at this point, I think anything is possible, right? So. All right. So good morning, everyone. I'm here with Steve Bonacorsi, the president of the International Standard for Lean Six Sigma. Um, we're going to be talking about a few different things today. Um, and I uh, want to just give Steve a chance to introduce himself, and then I'll start peppering him with questions. So please, Steve, over to you. Sure. Thanks, James. So I'm uh, my name's Steve, as you've heard, and I'm one of the uh, original Lean Six Sigma Master Black Belts, uh, one of the original Six Sigma Black Belts before that. So I got to work at GE at Jack with under Jack Welch and led the uh, program over there, a specific program called ACFC at the customer for the customer. But after I left GE, I did that for about five years. I worked with George Group, I worked with AIT Group, number of other consultancy firms, and George Group later on became Accenture. So when I did that, I went from rolling out Lean Six Sigma GE to GE's biggest clients. That's what at the customer for the customer meant. It meant we were going to select the 80-20 rule, 20% of GE's top customers delivered 80% of the revenue to GE. So we developed programs that would go out and work with those uh, companies that we had relationships with to improve our processes so that we could generate um, value in addition to the products and services we provided using Six Sigma at the time. Uh, when I went to George Group, we integrated Lean and Six Sigma. So I was part of that team that first integrated Lean and Six Sigma methodology. Uh, and we rolled that out to additional commercial companies outside of, obviously, GE around the world. Uh, then it was in 2004 when things really started changing for the industry when the federal government got interested in Lean and Six Sigma. So I was on the ground and helped shape that. We started with the Navy, uh, with NAVAIR, and then it went to the Nav Sec and Nav Sup and all the different Navy, Navy. Then we went to Army and DLA, Defense Logistics Agency. Around the government we went, and that's a monster uh, that was really big and it really sucked out out of the industry. Pretty much everybody who was a master black belt into that space. So uh, all the roles basically opened up. We developed more people. The commercial state uh, space blew up as well, and so I came back out of federal and back into commercial, but in my own company. So that's when I started the International Standard for Lean Six Sigma. That was around 2010. Uh, and uh, I dabbled as a sole proprietor a couple of years before that. But I've, so I've been doing consulting for about 25 years. Uh, at this point, my numbers are around 29 Fortune 100 companies, 50 Fortune 500 size companies, around 200 Fortune 1000 size companies. And I don't count anything any smaller than that, but I do have smaller companies, but most of them are not uh, big deployments. They're, they're, a mixed bag of going in trying to solve a particular problem really quick. They don't have the money or the resources typically for a large scale Lean Six Sigma deployment. Or we're we're pulling them in and opening open enrollment classes. You know, maybe uh, I'm hitting an area and we're pulling one person from a company to train them up, and uh, versus having uh, a consultant come in and do a lot of that work. So consulting uh, for me has been a way of life for well over 20 years. Uh, I own the Lean Six Sigma group on LinkedIn. I was just saying to Jane before we started the video, I have about 700,000 followers on that group. It's the second most active group on LinkedIn. But I own another 30 groups or so that uh, collectively have another few hundred thousand. Um, so my overall reach on LinkedIn is like 1.5 million. Uh, 
And then wow. I have another, uh, about another 10 million across the rest of the social networking space. So because of that, I actually had a, a separate division of services I provide where I'm actually providing marketing and consulting to the market for companies trying to reach it. So a lot of the folks running events or writing a new book are often working with me to where I'm helping them to market and promote across uh, their services and offerings across our groups and, and, and social networking space. So that would be a good summary of where I've been. That's phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, yeah, I've, I've spent some time at GE myself. Um, so, and actually was trained first by some folks from the George Group back in the mid 2000s. So familiar with some of those folks. Um, so, so where to start? Well, I guess one of the things I'm interested in is, is in terms of your membership in your groups, uh, do you have a feel for how many of those folks are kind of consultants themselves or they're independently or with consulting firms? Uh, good question. Now, LinkedIn used to give with all group owners a dashboard of metrics. In fact, LinkedIn's been a client of mine as well. They flew me out to uh, work with their team when they developed their app for uh, the, the, the new phone app. And I remember when we worked with them stressing, and there was a, there was about 10 of us that were handpicked. And, uh, and that's, by the way, when I found out we were the second most active because there was no metric telling us that, but they, they, they made that point very clearly. That's one of the reasons they selected us. But when we um, went down there and talked to them, we, we really stressed, we want more metrics, not less. Well, they, they ended up taking them away about two years later. So we can't see any of the metrics on any of the groups uh, anymore. But what I did notice was when we tracked these metrics that they did have, uh, didn't matter which group we were in, um, in the Lean Six Sigma, they were pretty consistent from a ratio perspective. So what we found was that there were about 50% of the members of the group are from the United States. About 5% come from Canada, about 25% come from Europe, 5% come from the UK, and the rest of them come from the rest of the world, run from anywhere from the most is 2%, down to you know one, they never got, they never showed. You could be a, a, a point one, it still showed a one. So the distribution is primarily U.S. based in Europe. Like seventy five percent of the market is going to come from that on LinkedIn. All groups, from um, from a, 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 an age perspective, it seems that it's an older population. Most of them are coming into LinkedIn to start with, coming out of college, looking for jobs and creating their resume. So we don't see that younger high school or, or, or even younger than that group in there. Most folks are, um, when we look at the ratio of types of jobs, they, there's about 10% of the audience uh, in the Lean Six Sigma group is, a, is in the consulting space. Now, I don't know how many of that's really consultants, okay? Because you could be a strategy consultant, you could be a work from home, saying you're an independent consultant. So I think it's, in honesty, I think it's probably closer to five, but the numbers were saying as high as 10. Uh, now, I own spec, I own groups like process improvement consultants, where there's just 10,000 plus consultants in that one group. Now, that's going to have a higher ratio of, of consultants, but it's not that much higher. It's probably maybe 20%. So there's always a mix of where you're going to see folks. Information technology seems to be the largest industry that we have. Um, it's probably close to 10% as well. Second to that is recruiting. Just basically people looking for other belts or in the, on a, in the job space somewhere. There's probably about 10% of people on the groups that are either unemployed, students, on, or, or, or in a transition 
where they're looking for work. And we know that because we used to have a subgroup called jobs, Lean Six Sigma jobs, and we had metrics. So you could join a Lean Six Sigma group and join jobs group. They've separated that now, but we know that the majority of the folks that were in the, the jobs group were, all, were representative on our, our main group. Uh, now they have demographics in all the different pharma and all that, but but for the most part, we we don't get to see much of those. They, they're always lower than ten, though. They're probably close to five or six percent. Manufacturing is even lower, around four percent. Right, so it's a mixed bag. So it sounds like most of the folks that are in in your universe are folks who are working for companies doing CI activities of various types. Correct. Well, and consultants can be a, a, a challenge because they can be a consultant and also working at a full-time company. So some do consulting part-time where they're, they're yeah. supporting a consultancy firm here and there. Some are, are, and depending on the role, they're actually a full-time consultant at a job where they eventually do cons they contract a hire type of role. Uh, but true consultants, in my opinion, is someone who's been doing consulting for a couple of years. They're fully independent on their own, delivering products and services. So that's where I think the numbers are probably closer to around uh, 5%. Now, that's, that's to a group that has 700,000. We've done analysis across the U.S., just the Lean Six Sigma space, and found we have about 600. Let me correct that. Before the COVID-19, there was around 600 consultancies in the United States alone executing Lean Six Sigma. And more than 50% of those were an army of one, right? So to get to two consultants means you're really crossing the line and moving up the right, ladder. Right, right, you know? yeah. So you've been a consultant for a long time, you said. So, um, well, you know, what I hear in talking to other consultants is, you know, there are a couple of problems that seem to be common. It's things like, you know, kind of feast or famine with respect to getting work and getting clients, you know, with, uh, uh, marketing oneself can be challenging for consultants. Um, certainly scaling themselves uh, can be challenging for consultants. So I'm just interested in kind of how you've managed. Um, or you, so first off, have you seen those problems yourself and in others? And secondly, what are some of the ways that you've been able to solve those problems in your own consulting practice? So great question, and it's a big one because it's one, by the way, that every consultant I know runs into this problem, all right? No one no one can avoid that. And it's not, I don't think it's just a consulting issue you're talking about, it's, it's going into your own business problem, okay? So when you go into your own business, uh, what I'd say, especially in consulting, what I would say is that if, you're if it's your first time doing this, then my advice is don't do it, okay? That you need to, before you go out on your own completely, you should be working for another consultancy first. You for years, uh, the lifestyle is, and you need you need to adjust to that lifestyle. But working for a full time consultancy uh, or another a, a larger team, you you're able to now learn some of the ropes. You're able to build and 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 reduce some of the holes on some of the areas that James just talked about. Let me give you an example. I recommend that a consultant, before they go into their own business themselves, that they have a, a cash flow to deal with the volatility that exists in consulting. That's always existed in consulting. And so, what I tell folks is, when I'm coaching them, is take about take take a take an estimate of your monthly expenses. Let's just say it's five thousand dollars a month. In other words, with five thousand dollars a month, you could pay all your bills. You're broke, but you got you can pay all your bills. Then take that, take that month and multiply it by six. 
So 5,000 times six, you're, you're talking about $30,000. If you don't have $30,000 in a business loan, in a business uh, fund as cash flow that you can draw from, don't go into independent consulting. You're going to need to balance. You're going to need some, there's going to be times of gaps where you're going to go from one client to the next. And if you don't have a buffer like that to sustain at least a six month period. And obviously if you get work, you got to refill the buffer. All right. So you, 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 it isn't party time. Okay. You've got to get back to filling that, that buffer again. Once you can, can get to that level, then you're starting to get into sustained mode where you're not in danger every month trying to find a way to put food on your table. There are other things that you need to consider, like what's your rate, right? How do you, how do you establish the right way to, where are you going to do marketing? So those exist everywhere and consultants, depending on where they are, are going to have to also do what most businesses do is differentiate yourself from other consultants. What makes you basically take your own advice that you give your clients, right? What, what makes you unique? Why do I want to do business with you? Why do I want to do business with you right now? So how do you, how do you do that? Well, I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you an inside tip because I asked that question when I was getting started. Actually, before I got started, uh, it was one of the top um, executives in, at GE, and I, I apologize because I can't pronounce his name because he was in, he was an Indian name and I, I was long and I, I just and I can't remember it. Uh, so it's been twenty plus something years, 20, 30, 25 years now, and I just forget it. But he taught me something that I won't forget. He said, in order to be successful in business. In order to be successful in any business, it didn't matter. You had to do three things. You had to do all three very well, and it didn't matter what order you did them. You, you got it. And the first thing he said is image. He's not talking about like you know what image you are in a role. He goes, you got to think about the job you want to be in, okay? And you got to think about not just the the boss that's got the client or the point of contact that's going to hire you. You got to think about their boss, okay? And so when they're when the when the leadership of that company, for example, right, the stakeholders would like to hire us as a consultant, when they have a problem in their mind, right, something's going on in their world, they're not thinking about you, you or your solution. And what, they, they got a problem. That's what full folk, what their day-to-day focus is on. Does your head, does your face, does your name pop in their head? Okay, because if it don't, then you don't have an image that's allowing them to to brand you, if you would, and associate you with someone that, that they would could bring in to fix that problem. What I like to call it with consulting is a is you're not trying to sell and market your products and services. You are the product and service. Okay. You right. are that. You and what you're doing is creating a brand for yourself that that will establish a trusted advisor relationship with clients. So they think of you. So one is image. The second is uh, performance. So I see a lot of folks that say, oh, yeah, like me, I've worked in all these different companies. That's great. What, where's, what's the result? Well, I got over $3 billion in economic value that I've created for clients. Okay. I, I guarantee when I work with clients, I guarantee a four to one ROI. Now, nobody, nobody in consulting guarantees a four to one. Why do I guarantee a four to one ROI? I've never delivered close to 10 to one ROI. I'm normally between 40 and 80% ROI. But I have a recipe that I'm following. I have um, rules of engagement that I've established, right, on how you select projects, the right kind of stuff, like, for example, the stuff that delivers economic value, right? I'm not going in to do 5S. It's hard to measure and add up to real numbers. I'm doing, like, inventory reductions and and and, and merger acquisitions that are going to allow for serious capital cuts that, that allow big dollar amounts to come into play. 
All right. And so, and by doing that, I'm going to document case studies and work with all the executives and stakeholders because my job is not just about executing the project and the results that they contracted me for, but at the same time, I got to do business development and build a relationship, the image, the performance numbers that I can document so I can build the next client, the next job, the next gig with that when they have a problem. So you got image, you got performance, and that let's like, for example, on LinkedIn, if you've got a profile, you've got an image that establishes you as a, an expert in that particular area. You've got numbers behind the things that you, you can do that can back up, whether it be money, operational metrics, other key metrics that folks can, can clearly see that you hit a target. And the last is exposure. And the, on the exposure part, the way the, the, the my coach explained it to me was, I was a hero over here in the East Coast. He goes, but let's say there's a job in, in California or Europe or wherever, and it's a, it's a great gig for you. Uh, except no one's, you're never going to get that gig because you don't have the exposure, right? So if, if you're a hero over here and nobody else knows about it, then they don't think of you. So you've got to have the ability to reach out beyond your own network of, of connections, of uh, contacts, and, and brand and paint yourself with that performance, with that brand and image to areas that you would like to play in the future, okay? So you've got to learn to, to, to get out of your shell and that can be hard for folks, obviously, to reach out and do that business. You're not salespeople most of the time, but you've got to learn that skill of um, building relationships outside of your own worldview. All right. Wow. Uh, that you covered a lot of ground, and I think you know even just that gives us a lot to work with. So, uh, you know, I'm curious. I mean, so so you obviously have traveled this pretty well. You seem to have dialed in, you know, your own secret sauce for. I'll put words in your mouth, finding the ideal project, finding the ideal client, structuring it in such a way that, you know, you can both guarantee a return to them, but I would imagine enables you to get out of the, you know, sort of time for money. Here's my daily type of rate. Like, here's what I can give you from as an outcome. And here's what it costs kind of perspective, which I mean, a lot of consultants I talk to, they're mostly stuck on the hourly or daily rate and not up to either a retainer or, you know, being able to build by the project, by the outcome and not have to be, you know, so, so concerned about the hours. Um, I, I guess I'm interested, I'm like, so do you, have you kind of offered these types of insights in a sort of a program or coaching or package to other consultants so they can learn from your, your experience and your success here? I do, I do work for a lot of other consultants, a lot of other consultants, consultancies hire me to work with their consultants and develop their consult, develop their program in, in a varied capacity because they, like any client, still have to uh, buy my time. Okay, so I'm selling my time. And so I have a daily rate that I set. And, you know, if someone said, well, I just want a half a day. No, no. I think I said no, because it's really important that I think there's an old, there's a saying out there that says that, you know, uh, a strong man, uh, you know, a, a strong businessman, I forget the exact same, but something like a, a, a strong man, a smart man will know what they want to do. A smart man will know what they, but a wise man will know also what they don't want to do. And what I'll tell you is in business, especially in running your own business or running your own consultancy, it's really good. It's really um, important that you learn how to say no. And so you've got to be able to define what 
what you need to be able to do to be successful. I know that I have to bring, like most of you, a certain amount of money in every month to pay the bills. So I take that dollar amount. To me, I don't, it doesn't matter if I'm working uh, one week or if I'm working every single day, I got to still hit that number. So what I'll do is I'll adjust my rate to hit that number every single month. Now that will sustain my month to month, but that's not going to let me grow. So I, to, in order to grow, I want to, I, I never, I, here's how I do my, the money part, folks. Okay. I look at what I need. Let's again, let me just take it simple and say it's $10,000. I want $10,000 to pay in a month. Okay. Well, if I divide that by four weeks, right? So I got, I need $2,500 a week. That's enough for me to pay all my bills and grow a, a little bit, right? Give me some of my buffer, let's say, if I want to build that up. So I pick a number like 10,000 a month. That means I need 120,000 a year. Do I want to make 120,000 a year? No, I want to make twice that. Okay. But I need 120. So I'll start with that and say, okay, well, then we use a metric called utilization. Utilization means billable hours. All right. So I want never to work hundred percent utilization. You will burn out at hundred percent utilization because for every hour of billable work you do, there's a half an hour of unbillable work you have to do. So if I'm gonna work 40 hours of billable work, 100% utilization, then I'm killing myself at 60 hours. And that doesn't mean, and that's just to deliver that work. I still have to do marketing and all the business stuff. For it. So I'll be working 80 hours a week just to, to, to get by. You burn yourself up, you, you, you do that. So what you'd say is at a minimum, you wanna hit 50% utilization. So in order for me to make my $10,000 in a month, I got to do that working billable hours in two weeks. So I only got to book myself for, for two weeks. That doesn't mean I'm taking the other two weeks off. I'm working on non-billable stuff. I'm getting the next client ready. So I'm doing two, uh, two weeks of, or 80 hours a week of marketing, sales, other stuff, and then two weeks of client execute, you know, billable hours. So you can figure out your rate that, you know, in a simple way. If it's $2,500 a week, then what does that uh, come out to as an hour? Okay. And that's if I'm working long-term. Now I don't want to have to go and get a one day and then maybe a one week. So I look for clients and have a scalable model that say, if you want a one day, you have to pay the highest rate. You want a week, I'll take it down. You want to play a month, I'll take it down. You want to go to six months, you get my lowest rate because now I don't have to do as much business development. Uh, I still only want to work for about three weeks out of a month. In other words, never more than 75% utilization that still gives me ability to develop my business. So I don't basically go work for somebody else full time. All right, I'm still yeah, developing yeah. my own curriculums, my own marketing, my own brand. So you've got to balance that out uh, when, when, you're, when you're dealing with that. Does that answer your question? Or do you it does, it's, it's, no, it's awesome. Um, so so how, how do most of your clients come to you these days? So I do use partnerships with other consultancies. They only represent, I've learned the rule, never be uh, less than 15% of the business that you come, that come into your consultancy should come from other partners. In other words, my friends call me up and saying, we just got a gig, we need your help. Never less than 15%, meaning if I have less than 15% of my leads of billable work coming in from my partners, then that's an opportunity to build my partnerships. If I have more than 15, excuse me, more than 30% of the leads coming in from my partners, that's too much risk. And I should reduce the amount. Now, you don't want to say no to work. It just means that I've got to do more work on building my own clients and not and my own leads. So I want to balance it out. So there is a small percent that will come through relationships. And these are mostly a give and take relationship. Now, when you first start out in consulting, you're going to get a lot of, hey, let's partner, okay, with no meat on the bone. 
No meat on the bone means there's no dollar. There's no money to be made at the moment. Walk away from that. You're wasting your time. Okay. Uh, but we can both market for each other. Walk away from it. Okay. You're going to waste your time. You can, there's, like I said, there's 600 consultancies. You can, part, you can partner with all of them, spend the next 10 years trying to do that. You're not going to make any money that way. So you partner with people because there's a mutual value right now to generate revenue. Okay. And as part of delivering that revenue, you, you, you formulate that partnership stronger. Um, then you look at how much does it come from my own, my own customer base. And the majority should be coming from that. More than 30% should be coming from your own customer base. Um, and so what you want to try to do is find a base. Now that means you're not, that's not a moving base. That's a solid base. That means you need a client that you can get regular income from. Maybe it's once a week you support them. Maybe it's remote and you do, you buy a week of work, but you can deliver it sparingly over a month and, and hours, right? Divide that into an hourly rate and, and, and work down the pool. But you've got to have some way of having some steady uh, cash flow. So for the most part, you want to look in the area that you're living, maybe a 50 mile radius, find those companies in that space, find those industries and work with those. You're not looking at job boards. You're looking up the business leaders and you're working with them. My number one source is through LinkedIn. I'm using the groups. I created the groups of business leads. I have my own following on LinkedIn. I have, I don't know, 36,000 people um, that follow me on it. I have over 27,000 people following my company page. So I get a lot of people to it giving me leads, but I'm marketing to them. I am putting articles out to promote services. I am uh, just taking pictures from events and making sure I get approval to share and posting it out there. I am, I am sharing information with the world to let them know my brand, my, my performance and my image, my image and my exposure. And I'm building those leads that come to me. So I, I get probably 20, 30 calls a, a month from uh, sometimes even as much as a week coming from the LinkedIn audience. Mm -hmm. I've tried other social networks. I'm on a lot of them just for the footprint, but I've never got business for the most part from these other sites. They're coming from LinkedIn. That's where the market is. I do use the source Catalan, it's called Golan on their website. Company's called Catalan. There's a they have job um, jobs. There's a few others like Zintro, um, some of the other boards like Indeed, yeah. etc. Will have consultancy type of role. So I do make sure I'm on these other type of job boards to bring in leads. And so there's about 20, 25 percent of the business I get from uh, marketing my services as a consultant through those other leads. So it's a mix. Some from partners, some from lead boards and, and other business boards that are bringing leads, even LinkedIn ProFinder. And then I use um, my own, my own clients. All right. And my clients that I'm working with obviously have a reputation with their folks they work with. And so folks I've worked with in the past folks that I've delivered work for right now, the word of mouth is critical. So when I am working with someone, I want to merge all this. So if I just delivered a great project with a team of people, one of the things I'll do is go give every one of them a written recommendation. Well, they come back and give me a record, written recommendation. When a client asks me, can I have a recommendation? You know, do you have any referral recommendation? I got over 150 of them on my profile right now. I can print them out and give you 36 pages of written and doing that's That's usually like, okay. Obviously, you've got some written recommendation. I don't. But that helped build your brand long, long term. Okay, so 
I think it's important that you find balance in the way where the work comes from, not from one place, but you still have to work. I still have to work every day at doing some marketing and some business development relationship building type of stuff to keep that, that pipeline flowing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that, that's super helpful. So, so out of curiosity, I mean, in terms of the work that you do with other consulting firms, is that marketing work for them or is it helping their staff get better at kind of business development and marketing or is it more on the technical delivery side or is it all of the above? Yeah, well, it's all the above, but but on the marketing side, and most consultants wouldn't run and do this. It just happens to be because I have built such a huge following in my social networking world that I have an offering now for marketing. I don't publicize it. I don't put it up as a brand, but people know who I am and which I own too much of the space. So people do come to me and ask for help and I can open that up. Basically, the way I do marketing is you, you can pay to me, you can pay me to do marketing for you. Or you can pay me to do a project for you, or you can pay me to do training. I don't have different rates. Here's my training rate, my coaching rate. It's my daily rate. And then you get to decide how you want to use me for the day. So sometimes with consultancy, depending on the problem they're having, I'm developing their consultants. It might be that I'm training them up to get their skill level up for a particular job or a particular industry, or maybe I'm helping them with some curriculum. Maybe they just... Uh, uh, maybe they're a lean consultancy and want to go to Six Sigma and we're, we're, we're fixing a hole. Maybe it's something that, you know, they don't have as much curriculum. I mean, I have so much curriculum. I have a whole bookshelf of material wow. that I have built over the years. So mm -hmm. oftentimes I am helping clients out. I don't sell curriculum when I work with clients, by the way. That's a, a, something I give away for free. I don't give it away for free to anybody. You got to buy me as a consultant. You, you bring me as a consultant to deliver some training, then you I bring with my curriculum with you. And I'm not giving it away totally for free. It's part of branding. My brand's all over that curriculum. You want me to rebrand it for yours? That's curriculum development. You paid me to do that. All right. So consultancies are sometimes coming in to help with marketing services where I'm promoting their book, their product and services through my network. They pay a daily rate for that. They want more days. They, they buy as many days as they, they, they can handle. Uh, and then from a, um, from from other type of work they're bringing me in because it's it's a niche project so everybody has their own niche mine is while it's lean six sigma i'm a specialty is is it i mean i have a master's in computer information systems i'm strong in it and so i mean i get pulled into manufacturing and farmer and other types of projects too but my niche is it so i'm one of the original agilists so if you're working with a project that has software development um robotic process automation, something more technically complex, I oftentimes come in and work with those types of uh, clients because um, I'm successful, very successful in that area. And a lot of other folks don't have that particular learning curve. And I, by the way, I do the same thing. If I've got a job with, let's say, um, mixed modeling or something, I'm not an expert on mixed model designs. I'll bring in a consultant that is a partner if, if you would, it, it, they owe me one, right? They got a gig now, we, we learn mm -hmm. from each other that way. So I will spread the love out and I will get a smaller percentage of that pie. Okay, right. allowing some, I had a, I did, I told you I did government work. I did, it, which is, which is a night, I didn't like it. Okay, it was very bureaucratic. I did it for, for about four years in my life and I don't want to do it again, to be honest. So if I get a contract from a government, which is big, love it, I'll take it, but I don't want to do the work. I'm going to outsource that to somebody else. So that I don't have to get sucked into the swamp again. 
again. Right. Right. So, but I will, I will generate the revenue from it and manage it. And that's how you grow your business. You've got to be able to not just accept work, book yourself. You've got to find some work that you can outsource, make a smaller amount, freeze you up to try to get the next gig. And then that's how you grow. Even if you're growing with partnerships first, eventually that will turn into larger gigs. You can put someone full-time on that one. Uh, and that allows you to again to grow, you know, the next job. So your job now is to get the next job for that person before they come off. Uh, so yeah, right. I do do uh, marketing support for clients. I do consulting support for clients, whether it be delivering a training class. Um, you know, I get calls all the time where, you know, they had a master black belt last minute and they lost them for whatever reason. Can I, can I fill in just for week two of the training? So I'm, you know, I'm experienced enough where I can just come in and, and I can fill that hole and, 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 but I'm representing that client that week. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being me. I don't mention me, my business. I'm handing out their business cards for their folks. Right. So it's really important that, you know, you, you deliver the job you were, you were assigned to do and not over deliver with marketing and other branding type of stuff for your own business. Uh, you'll, you'll get that for your own gigs, but not for someone else's. Gotcha. Um, so I'm curious, uh, how have you, what are you seeing different going on in your circles since COVID kind of took over the world? Well, the whole world has been obviously shaken up in the consulting world for this. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, that I'll say for hope for folks is that it didn't matter what the market did went up, it went down from a consulting perspective. It doesn't really matter. If you've been doing it long enough as I have, you'll know that, if the market goes up, our business demand goes up. If the market goes down, our business demand goes down. If the market is flat, we're in, we're dead in the water. Nothing happens. Okay, so when there when the market goes down, there's a problem. They call consultant. When the market starts going up too fast, that's disruptive. They call consultant. But when it's flat, uh, there's no work for any of us. So what I saw was that during um, you know when we had the recession with the uh with the, under obama for eight years the market was very flat very so it was slow so slow that it seemed flat so a lot of consultancies didn't make it and started you know making that long term so they really had to survive covid threw it over the edge all right now there's some of that stuff started coming back with with trump with the market going back up uh, again volatility it doesn't matter if it goes up or if it goes down volatility meant a demand for us when covid hit the vo that's volatility, the market's crashing down. So that actually draws consultants out into the market. But it, it was so down that the problem is, is everybody went to virtual. In our space, if you weren't in virtual, then you were in a learning curve, all right? Everyone went to virtual marketing because you couldn't go on site, you couldn't go to events, okay? And so what happened was is the market became and it still is oversaturated with everybody offering the webinar, everybody doing online training, everybody. Do so I think it's really important that you understand your market at, at all times, that you still find a way to niche your market and you still have to differentiate yourself in that market. But everybody trying to compete for a training, which includes every university, every training vendor out there, every one of them is all trying to get that dollar. And you're wasting your time trying to join uh, to every, where everybody fighting over the same nickel. Okay. You've got to look for a differentiating way. So what I've been doing is working with clients to help them learn how to deal with the pain that they're in right now. So everybody's looking for marketing. I'm offering my marketing services to those folks that 
can't reach the market. They don't have a group of thousands of people, all right, or hundreds of thousands of people. So I help them right now reach that market that they need to offer their services. I advise them in the process. I don't want you marketing training. Market you. Market training, coaching, consulting, deployment, whatever. Mix it up. All right. Don't say no to work because it's not the work you prefer to do. I prefer to stand in front of a classroom and train myself, but that's not the work that's being offered right now. I'd love to be on site doing a project, but that's not the work right now. So you've got to you got to adjust your style and approach. Right now, it's online coaching. Okay, that's where the money is right now. Online coaching. So you've got to adjust your offerings to tailor and let people know I'm available right now for online coaching. How are you going to sell you? So they buy you right now. All right. So you might have to revamp your website. You might have to revamp your image online, how you, how you communicate with people, but you've got to have a way to reach that market. Are you like most folks aren't going to make it for that, that rough period, right. that six month period. Right. So yeah. if you had that six month buffer, it's probably gone by now and you're in a desperate mode right now. I understand uh, a lot of, a lot of folks are like that. And so what most of the consultancies are doing, is they're looking for partnerships to help everybody drive those leads in. And that's foolish because like I said before, it's not going to generate revenue by having partnerships. You have to have partnerships with revenue on the table. So it's more important for you to go out and find those, those clients right now. The Fortune 100, Fortune 1000 above companies are not going under. Okay, that's 5% of the overall market, by the way. 95% is everybody else. So you need to focus on the 5% market and you've got to look for the business leaders that have the P&L. Don't go looking at the job boards, reach out to the business leaders, build a relationship with them, get on the phone with them, understand what problems they're facing and build a brand and image that you can solve that problem for them. That's the way you get your business. Get the business, lock it down, chase it, lock it down, get something in and then, and then and survive this period. All right, let's get through this year, get through next year. Don't worry about the long-time business. It's not going to be a long-time business for you if you don't get through this year and next year. So yeah. my, what I do is I teach my consultants to do the same thing I teach my clients. Win the day. Win the day. Write that down. Win the day. Write down what it means to win the day. Your job today is to win the day. Tomorrow is to win the day. On Saturday, it's to win the day. On Sunday, there's no TV. You walk, you win the day. And then, by the way, if you win the day, you win the week. If you win the week, you win the month. You win the month, you win the quarter. You win the quarter, you win the year. So, but uh, you don't worry about that. Win the day. And by the way, if you can't win the day, if you win the hour, then win the day. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah. know what those goals are to every day that you have to wake up with a sense of urgency. That there's a number you got to do, you got to reach that number, whatever that is, to hit the win the day. And if you don't, then you then mark it on your calendar. You lost today. It's a red mark. You lost today. Learn from it. Don't don't let it distress you. You lost. It happens. You got to learn. The, all winners lose. You, you got to learn how to lose well. But your job tomorrow is the same as it was today. Win the day. All right. What yeah. winning looks like is can be different from you than it is from me. But you got to define the win. And that will keep you focused and not being distracted. Going off and getting a partnership and going off on LinkedIn and making a bunch of posts. If that don't win the day, then that ain't winning the day. You might still need to do those things. Great. Knock yourselves out after you win the day. Focus on that first. Does that help, James? No, it's, 
Yeah, that's great advice. That's great advice. So I'm keeping an eye on the clock here. I do want to respect your time. So um, this has been a tremendously helpful conversation for me, and I'm sure for everybody who's going to listen to this. Any kind of final points you want to uh, make sure that folks walk away from this discussion with? Well, I think, uh, you know, the key, the key things I've said already, you know, you, you know, establish your brand, your image, your exposure. Uh, you've got to make sure that you've got balance in your life too, right? So um, I think it's important that you, especially if you're working from home and you're building your own consultancy, that you define where you're, what you will do and what you won't do, right? So you have a very clear set of ground rules. Uh, I like to have a list every day. I've been doing consulting on my own, my own consultancy. I have an S Corp actually. And I have a, an action list every single day. I always, I post it notes every day with my list of things that I'm doing every day. And so you've got to, you got to have your list. And by the way, I never get all the things on my list. Just so you know, I'm an overachiever. I probably write down 20 things every single day. If I'm a good day, by the way, is when I get about half of them done. Okay. It always pisses me off. I can't get them all done, but I can't. But every day I start with a longer list as possible. I, 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 in my mind, I'm going to get them all done, but I never do about 50%. And then that's, I add 10 more for the next day. So I think it's important that you keep a, a list of things that you're going to try to target. You prioritize that list every single day. And then you focus on winning the day first. Don't yeah. just pick the easy ones, all right? You win the day. And I think that's really critical. I think the other things that you have to understand is that in order to be a successful consultant, uh, and I think in any business, you have to have uh, a, a good understanding of what you can, what you can do, and what you can't do, and but where you have done, and where you some, and so that you have some resources that you can bring in, whether it be a coach, coaches. Uh, you know, if you're not strong, I wasn't like, for example, I hated doing accounting. I hated, I have an MBA too, but I, I didn't like doing the accounting, the bookkeeping, you know, with mm -hmm. QuickBooks every week. You know, I, I don't want to have to pay for a bookkeeper all the time, but so I work, I found a local bookkeeper that will come in once a month, once every two months, if I want. Okay. It usually costs me about 150 bucks a month. Or, I mean, about 150 bucks per visit. And, you know, they come over and they'll spend all day doing all my QuickBooks. Mm -hmm. All my all my bookkeeping. I so I just got a process together. So now it's easy for me. All the receipts go in the receipt bin, just like a normal consultancy would be. You write your name and everything on there, just what expense it was. But they put it all into the system for me. That's that streamlines that part of the business. I hated doing the, the finances where I had well, I love finances, but I had I hadn't put together all the, the pipeline and monies and invoices and all that. So I, I handed that off to the bookkeeper when I had enough trust for them. So now they yeah. do that part of it. So, but it's a small expense. It's one hour of billable work for me to pay that person to do like six hours of work. So you've got to find where your, your time is most effective. Me doing a bunch of accounting didn't win a day, didn't put any money, it's a cost. So I'd rather reduce the cost by outsourcing some of those smaller things. And there are some other things like I'm not strong in the in ability to be able to develop business internationally, but I want to be international. So I have partners that are international that when they win and I'm coaching them and when they win a large enough project that affords me to be able to travel to that area potentially and partner and work with them on site with a client. So I look for those kind of areas that because they can work in a time zone I'm not working, all right, because they're in a different time zone right? with, with an audience and a market that I can't reach as easy. 
So I, I look look for those weaknesses that you have. Find partners or, and support team resources that's going to help you with that. Um, so even, even 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 I have a friend. He's right. You guys might know him, Forrest. He, he writes books all the time. I'm in his books as well because I read him and coach him on it. But he'll call me about help with LinkedIn or help with um, with a particular camp marketing a book or something he's doing. I'll help him, but he'll help me too. He put my name in the book. I just like to say I'm in another book. So we'll we'll find we'll find some of that give and take and trade. But he's also been a client of mine. He's paid me for services. And you know, if he has a big enough gig that he wins, I can help support that. All right. So there's some pay it forward type of stuff that you do. Yep. But don't let that dominate um, all your time. You won't again with your partnerships. You got to balance things and have that support system because it is tough to go into consulting, right? Whether it be on traveling or just dealing with the the stress of not having a steady income all the time. Uh, some paydays can be great when you win a big gig, but in other days it can be, it can be rough. Uh, but so I think what you have to do is find enough support that will balance that time so that you still have, like, for example, for me, Sundays, that's family time. I'd love to get some work done, but it's family time. So that's the time that it's off limits. I shut the phone off. I shut the computer off. And during the morning and afternoon, it's family time. And in the, in the evening, I'll come in and, and get ready for Monday. But it's family time on Sunday. It's important that you find that balance in your life so you don't burn out. You keep yourself spiritually, mentally in the, uh, sharp and, and, not, and not, not so frustrated that, that you're not able to focus on and be the best that you can be. Yeah. Oh, awesome. That, that's a great way to end this. And I would say probably the best way to find you, Steve, is on LinkedIn, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm all over LinkedIn. I mean, I'm in the latest Six Sigma group. I can't connect, have connections anymore because I have 30,000. I have like 8,000. Uh, that's your limit. I have like 8,000 people waiting to connect. You can always follow me. But I mean, I own my own website called islss.com. I'm, I'm like most of you guys, I'm, I'm having to revamp that myself, right? There's always sort of a reinventing yourself. Uh, I would have done it even if I didn't have to just to freshen things up. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, you know, I'm also getting into new things. So while I'm, I have, I have my comfort zone areas, right. Things I'm good at. I can do that over and over again. I can sleep. I can do that in my sleep. There are always areas, by the way, that I am challenging myself to learn something new almost every day. So for me, I'm trying to get into some new areas like video marketing, live stream marketing, things like that, that will make me stronger tomorrow with some new skill sets, all right? So I think it's important that you you kind of, yeah, you can reach me on LinkedIn. You can reach me on email. My, my email is esponacorsi at islss.com. Um, on Skype, it's just esponacorsi. So you, there's plenty of ways to reach me if you want to get, get in touch with me. Uh, but I think it's really important that if, you, if you're going to reach out, I have a Calendly link. You can always reach out to me as well. So if you go to my profile, you'll see that on there. But, I, but, what, but what I would say to you, uh, to, you know, if you're, if you're trying to reach out for me uh, to help you with marketing, understand that, you know, there, you may have to walk before you run. Okay. If you don't have content, you don't have, you haven't figured out what you actually want. You may not be ready for marketing to the audience. So oftentimes when right. folks come to me they're they're hoping I'm going to bring that business to them right away. What I'm often helping them with to start with is getting ready to do the marketing. Right. right. So is your is your messaging right? Is your is your company page on LinkedIn's updated right? Is your own profile that people are going to come and look at? Is it optimized? If you go look at my profile on LinkedIn, you're gonna you're gonna see things that 
you, you, you won't, you might not be able to find them on your profile, how to do it. There are tricks that I have to, that I've learned over the years that will help you become a master at some of this stuff. All right. You guys call me already. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Well, listen, Steve, thanks again for the time. Again, look up Steve Bonacorsi on LinkedIn to get in touch with him. And we'll talk to you again next time. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, James. Have a good one.